the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning, everyone. December the 15th, 10 days until Christmas. I'm Peter Boyles, substituting for George Brockler. And by the way, back here tomorrow morning at 9 a.m., 9 to noon on our Saturday show, 710 KNUS. The weather's beauty. 52 the high today. Then it's a couple of days of motorcycle weather, 58 Saturday, 60 degrees on Sunday. We're talking about, again, Middle East and this notion that the, the world is now turning against Israel. If so, why? And there's been really some great calls this morning. I wanted to come back to that fellow, uh, Rusty, who I thought had a great call. But this idea, oh, well, that was then, this is now, that, that's what you know, the, the, the radical left is doing in this country. Well, the Constitu- these were all white men who, by and large, bought and, bought and sold slaves. So we can forget that Constitution, that Bill of Rights. We can write a new one. And going around yanking down statues and pulling up you know, the roots of things, because, well, that was in the past, that it doesn't count. Be careful when you start to do that. All right, we're talking about a bunch of different things, but we'll start with, uh, we start with Nick on line one. Hey, Nick, you waited, appreciate it. Good morning, you're on the show. <clears throat> Thanks for taking my call. I have a maybe a simplistic answer to why there's a rise of anti-Semitism and why there's always been anti-Semitism in the world that bubbles up from time to time that, to the point where everybody notices it. Uh, we human beings love to find a scapegoat when things go wrong. And quite often things go wrong, and it's just easy to blame a group that really, in most cases, up until the birth of the Israeli state, could defend themselves because they didn't even have a country to go to. They were always uh, scattered all over the world. When um, Mushy Diane, that famous general, had a patch over his eye, and Diane said, the next time you come looking for us, you'll know where to come. You know, we're, we're here. Um, but that also then negates the problems in the Arab world. And that's why it's so layered. And your, your point's well taken because if you read the history in Europe, there was something called pogroms. And they, generally, mm-hmm. they were generally led by somebody in a royal family. Or, and they, they would, because, you know, the Jews were the bankers. Or they would be the right. lenders, and they would get deep into some Ukrainian or some Russian or some Polish count. And so what the, the count would do would then be find a way to, to call for the program. And that's why I mentioned earlier, uh, Nicholas's father, Nicholas Romanov's father, writes those, the, the, they're called the, the Protocols of the Elders of Zion. It's a, it's a phony, I mean, it's phony, it was done by the Okrana. It was used against Jews. Uh, it was this notion that they're plotting to take over the world. The, the awful sidebar of it is the men who murdered Alan Berg read the protocols. 
And in, in the Middle East today, the protocols are still a bestseller. It's totally fabricated. It's, it, it didn't exist. But, and as you point out, then you're so deep into debt to somebody or however you feel about it. Well, let's turn everybody loose on them. And, and, it, and it was led by the church. I mean, either the Orthodox Church or the, or the Western Church. And also the guilt, you know, the, um, the blood taint that Jews killed Jesus. And it's all, and it's all tied up. I mean, your your point's really well taken. Um, somebody needs to. I just think, I just think it's a weakness in in human, mm. in the human, in the humans that we like to blame sure. somebody else for our own mistakes. Mm-hmm. And what easier group to blame is a, a group that really couldn't defend itself for the most part. And that's Western Europe, but in the world, for instance, in Ireland. It's called playing the orange card or playing the green card, principally playing the right. orange card. The orange card is the Protestant call. You know, you, or, uh, as you mentioned, pa- Palestinians and Israelis. They can each play the Palestinian card or they can play the Israeli card. Um, Pakistanis and Indians, woo, they can play those cards. Um, the, the Japanese played the Korean card. They played the Chinese card. Uh, in our country, they played against the, the card was Native Americans play the card. And history is replete with this. It doesn't necessarily have to be against Jews, although that's the history you know of Western Europe. But elsewhere in the world, or even in tribal situations, you play the card. And Well, unfortunately, uh, uh, periods of enlightenment are rare and, and oh. far apart. And uh, th- these rulers, correct me if I'm wrong, for most occupations, the Jews couldn't do most occupations except money lending, which was considered. No, they dirty. weren't allowed. No, they just weren't allowed. No, you're right. Couldn't own so land. The, the Jews, the Jews, uh, at, gravitate gravitated towards the, the money world because that was the few well, one of the few occupations they could do. But if you if you look at the role before Holocaust of the Jews in Europe, they were the physicians. The intelligentsia, the historians, uh, the doctors, and they played that role. And it's interesting when you read the history of, of Germany under the Kaiser, being Jewish under the Kaiser was a hell of a lot better than being Jewish in some of the allied countries. But then, and 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 it just comes into this place where the Palestinians play that role, where when they're in other countries in Egypt or Jordan where they're they're the intelligentsia. They're they are the physicians, they are the the lawyers. Um and they play almost an identical role. But but now now but now it's spread out across the Middle East. But if, if you look if you look at the history of Europe legitimately and you see the role that the Jews play in Europe, it's the one that's on the you know, the right side of the brain. It's these playwrights and you know, and, and all of this, you know, those are the guys. And for Hitler to be able to do what they did just taps into what you're talking about. They, they were and just, a, just a, a comment on, on uh, the current state of affairs between Israel and the Arab world. You mentioned that <clears throat> the Islamic world already had, had a, uh, uh, a change, but unfortunately the change didn't change much. And I personally believe the only way to isolate Hamas, and you're right, you can't no. 
get rid of Hamas completely because you're trying to get rid of an ideology held by millions of people. And the only way to do it is limit your exposure to these people and not do much commerce with the Arab world. Uh, when you think about it, the only thing the Arab world has to offer the rest of the world is oil. Have they invented it? What, you look at every major invention in the last 150 years. It all came from the West. And I'm not trying to put down the Arab world. It's just this is what history has shown. And it's because they're so backward and so rigid in their well, belief structure. I, I, I think you'd be int- I think you'd be surprised at the in- intricacies of of a modern Middle East. But there, there's a book that I read thousands of years ago. It's called The Formula, and and and, and, and the politics of oil is really significant. It's, you know, you can't really ever wade through all of it. But they're in a boardroom, and it, they're in London, Seville Row seat, uh, suits, and and. Um, it's it's royal. It was the seven sisters then. Now there's five, and somebody at the board, somebody at the table, says, uses the term the Arabs, and I think it's the head of Royal Dutch, who's obviously an Anglo, says you forget, we are the Arabs, and creating Aramco and British Petroleum, all those things. The the, the role of, of the multinational corporations. Then you're right. Um, the, the, where the countries where there is no oil. Egypt's a classic example. There's no oil in Egypt. I mean, maybe there's a well as compared right. to maybe to Kuwait. And again, I, one more, and I'll give it back to you. When you read Osama bin Laden, he hated, he called them the parasite princes, hated them, hated the, the um, one-tenth of one percent or whatever the number is, in the Arab world, who controlled everything, had all the oil, had all the power. If you well, would. Egypt, unfortunately, is the most populated Arab country with no oil. <laughs> it's just but, the way it is. But in in fairness, when you go there and they'll tell you they're not Arabs, they'll tell you they're Egyptians. It's, exactly. And again, we 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 do this kind of thing that um, we've been over so many times. Lebanese are not Arabs. That's and, true, and they're very. Str- I mean, we're, we're they're Phoenicians. They'll tell you they're Phoenicians, right? And and I, the uh, and the uh, 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 the Iranians are not Iranians. No, they're, they're Persians. They're, they're they. I had a really good friend of mine uh, went to school with, who told me aside, me and you are the same guy. And I said, and this before I was, you know, read that part of history. And he said, Iranians and the Irish. He said, "We're no, I'm serious." And he was serious. He was serious. There were 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 Aryans. And well, if you if you, you use, use that word Arab, and, and they get upset. And, I just don't think there's any uh, short term or even long term solution between the Arabs and or between Israel and Hamas. The hmm. only way is to try to limit the, your exposure to them as best as possible, and not do any and not do any business with them. And then you have to. You have to do business with them. Um, but you have that, to do it with with both eyes open. Well, you know, I always thought about that moment that John Kerry arrives to talk to the mullahs uh, about uh, you know, about airplane parts and the money in the bank and the rest of it. And you, I think, and I, the minute he walked in the door, the mullahs had him. Don't don't kid yourself that these are simple 
you know, out in the desert, you know, running no, flocks no, of sheep. No, Oh, boy. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. No, no, that, that's not true. And, and Carrie, as an aside, is a complete embarrassment to the United but how, States. But how quick before the mullahs had him? About two seconds. Coming in the door. That's right. I mean. That's it. And, 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 it, and it, so, but don't think of them as all part of this. It's the same thing just as a reader, a little bit of a traveler. If you think that guy's this guy, you're wrong. That's right. And, it's a, and I have to say, unfortunately, Kerry went to Yale, which is a blot on the whole Ivy League, well, or, which is now called the Poison Ivy League. Yeah, take a second with that real quick, and then we – what do you do with that? I mean, the Ivy, the Ivy League – remember the great joke, how do you tell a guy that went to Harvard? Do you ever hear that joke? Uh, tell me the joke, because I yeah. went to Yale. Okay. <laughs> okay, how can you tell a guy went to Yale? Don't worry, he'll tell you. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I never I never tell people that I happen to go to a, yeah. an Ivy League school because I don't think I'm any better than anybody else. Oh, no. And I could have gotten just as good an education someplace else. Yeah, no, but I the, I was intrigued, man, by when I finally started to realize I wasn't the fool that I thought I was. And I thought, man, you went to an Ivy League school. And I actually was on the Princeton campus once, which I thought, oh, oh it's beautiful. And, and uh, favorite story, um, I'm walking with a guy who was a he was a, a, a T.A. there. And he was a history guy, and just and our wives had gone to school together. We went to visit them, and there's this big house, and I said, and he said, "Guess who lives there?" And I thought, well, that was probably uh, Woodrow Wilson's house because he had he had run Princeton. He looks at me, he was like Sam the plumber, you know, some mafia boss <laughs> in Jersey. Uh, great. So, uh, what? Uh, he, said, he he lives there. Oh, okay. Um, real qu- real quick, what do you what when you see these? with three women, what do you do with that, that we're talking? Do with what now? Uh, about the, uh, the, when they were in front of the, uh, about what was taking place uh, in terms of anti-Semitic activities in these Ivy League schools, and they had MIT, or the other woman was at Harvard. Um, those are... Well, there there were an embarrassment, if you listen to the, the interview. It, it goes to show how wrapped up in their ideology they are they can't see the proverbial forest for the trees. They are that nearsighted. And the best way to combat it, I think it's great that they've been exposed for what they are. They're yeah. hypocrites. I, I, you know, I'm not doing the Daily Show, but I thought to myself, they have to go back and defend. If they'd, if they'd have ratted everybody out and said, you know, you're right. But they had to go back and face their faculty. They had to go back and face the student body that's already been, you know. And part of that is, and I I believe this is, now the alternative media streams that are really everywhere. And it's the days of of ABC are gone or the New York Times are gone. Which Uh, is good. Which is good because it's been democratized. Oh, I'm I'm reading three books going on, but about Jeff Bezos buying the Washington Post from the Grams and then his his coming war with with Donald Trump and I mean it's I mean, it's always what lies beneath you know a couple of stooges or at least right. a stooge like me that go wow and and they had they had to sell it they had to sell the paper and Bezos who I kind of I've liked through this much of the book as far as I can go he's absolutely brilliant you know, he, he really is. He's a brilliant guy, and they know they're going. They know it's going to. They're going to Trump. They're going to clash with Trump. 
They know it's coming. And Trump invites them to the White House to have have a dinner and with Bezos and, you know, his staff. And it's like this clown show dinner. And and, and Bezos knows. And, you know, Bezos is the devil his due. When he created Amazon or whatever came out of Amazon, that's 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 really brilliant. You know, and, and so who are these guys? Well, th- those are the guys. So, well, I, I, I'm, I'm glad that the Ivy League has been exposed to the extent that it has been exposed. And hopefully we can have a, an honest dialogue um, going forward. Because this mystique that the Ivy League's had for 200 years, 300 um, years, is simply not true. Just because you go to an Ivy League school mm-hmm. doesn't make you any smarter than anybody no, else. And I, I want to agree to that, but <laughs> I want to. And I, I, and when I, when I began truly attempting to get an education, going to school and being part of that, and they always hung that out there in some some liberal some liberal moments. Well, it's not Harvard. It's not Yale. It's not Princeton. And when I went to Princeton just to, to see it. I was in awe. I was like, oh, my God, how cool would this place be to go to school? And well, you, you know, the older buildings and the ivy oh, and the history oh, yeah, and all that, yeah. it, it kind of overwhelms you. And then you yeah. realize, yeah, this is all true, but they're not any smarter than you. Oh, I I agree with you. I've been, I've been around a lot of those guys, and and they're— They're actually kind of dumb. Well, some of them are really smart, though. I mean, some of those guys are really brilliant. Yes, they uh, are. And there's some dumb ones like Carrie. Well— Kerry, I think, was just an automaton. I mean, he was just a, a robot. That, and he married the Heinz woman whose husband was killed. Right. And I mean, he's rolling. He's rolling in the dough. And, You're right. Uh, and right. Um, so they are what what Wright Mills called the power elite. And they tr- yes, they, yes, he uh, is. Yeah. Oh, clearly. And but for, I, to me, to me as an American, it's embarrassing knowing this guy is trotting around the world, yeah. opening his big mouth, sure. and people are laughing behind him, behind his back. Well, but when when I was an undergrad, um, there, there was a historian by the name, he just used the letter C, and then his middle name, W-R-I-G-H-T, his last name was Mills, and was 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 a Marxist. Um, rode a motorcycle to school, which always endeared me, but he wrote a book entitled The Power Elite. And when I hear people talk about you know, now the Trumpers all talk about the swamp and they talk about, well, they're saying what Wright Mills said. And to try to boil all of Wright Mills's work down, he said the tremendous amount of power and money that's controlled by such a few, such few people. And he made the case that if you control 51 percent of anything, you, you control it. I mean, I, I, well, you and I make a deal. I'll give you forty nine percent of the deal. I'll take fifty one. It's my deal, and that's right. And so when he talked about the small amount of people, banks and corporates and others who do control, you know, greater than fifty one percent of the U.S. economy. Now, remember, Mills is writing in the fifties and sixties, but does it hold up? And you know, and and are they, as he called them, the power the power elite? And I, I I agree with that. There is a power elite. There are there are probably less than three or four thousand people in this country that control over fifty percent of the world. Well, that, that was that was what, exactly what Mills said. Exactly what Mills said. And 
And that was um, this Marxist analysis of of American capitalism. And today, when I listen to people who you know profess to be capitalists, they are echoing Mills and they're echoing Marx. Um, Marx says the same thing. But here's the problem: that problem, the concentration of power, or the tendency for a society for power to gravitate to the upper 5% of the population. It's true in a Marxist yeah. society or a capitalist Absolutely. society. And but, if you had an honest world, the government would act as that referee to make sure yeah. there's a level playing field. But you know how that works. Sure. And, and, and you're right. And um, the, the deal was done when Bezos buys it from the Grams. And he didn't spend that much money of his money to you and I, or at least it'd be a lot of money. He spent two hundred fifty million to buy the post, and and he's really done well with it. I mean, I, I got to hand it to him, but they knew the clash was coming inevitably. They knew it was going to happen, and and he still came in and he, so, and again, he's a guy that makes. Are there, there's Gates, there's him. Um, I finished Isaacson's book on on Musk that I recommend to people. Um, these guys have. They've only existed because of the ability under capitalism to rise. So, you know, I I always go back and read something else. <laughs> so, but uh, it, it's listen. Take the last comment. Another great call. It's yours, please. Well, the real problem is I know this is a red herring. Is human nature? It's human nature to always, not always, but quite often, blame somebody oh, sure. else for your own misgivings. And it's easy to blame the Jews. It's just easy yeah, because sure. there, there are not that many of them. And, and up until, what, 70 years ago, mm-hmm. they didn't have their own country, yeah. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's just easy to blame the mm-hmm. Jews for well, anything that goes wrong. On the frontier, who did they blame? The Native Americans. Yes. I mean, but again, that's the, that, make, that closes the circle. And in, in Ireland... Who did the Catholics blame? The Protestants and, 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 and I mean, but around the world, you find somebody to hang it on. Right. And, right. Because it's easier. Well, it's just easier. Of course it is. And of all, course it is. Yeah. Very, man, thank you so much. Hey, Nick, thank you for a great call, man. Thank and you. And by the way, I was a classmate of George Bush and he was a disgrace. Oh, I, I once met or did an interview with Ronald Reagan's son, Ron, the guy that, People used to say things behind his back. And we're just sitting talking. He actually was a cool guy, and I loved his dad. And um, he said, when, when, when Poppy's vice president, he said, W used to come to parties and be so smashed that he just leaned against the wall. He said, That's right. He, he was, he I've was, seen it. I yeah. saw it firsthand. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not funny. No, it's, it's not, not funny. Well, it's, yeah, it's, no, like, it's, it's like watching Rudolph Giuliani. Giuliani is, I mean, it's not my job to claim someone's an alcoholic, but if you ever saw one, it's him. And, That's uh, right. And it's been said that, you know, in the distant future or perhaps in the near future, some housekeeper is going to have to get into the room and he'll be there. He'll be dead. Uh, but, you know, that stuff that he did yesterday and the day before, I'm going to testify. Oh, it's embarrassing. Uh, but it's, it's, it's real alcoholic behavior. It really is. Yes, it is. Thank you. All right. Thanks, thanks again. Man. Thanks right. for your time. Am I please? 303-696-1971. Hey, Peter? Yes, sir. Just, just before I step aside, yeah. uh, I appreciate Nick's call, but I, I, we do have to do a, just a hair of a course correction. 
based on the question of what has the Arab world invented or contributed in the last 100 years. If you have that question and you don't believe they have, you haven't bothered to look. To be fair, a simple search on Google in less than five minutes will demonstrate advances they had in chemistry, Nobel Peace Prizes they won, advances in prosthetics, advances in mathematics, advances in quantum physics. One of the leapfrogs that we've had forward in lithium-ion batteries is due to Arab scientists. They now have prosthetics that transmit actual touch and feeling from the prosthetic to the brain. That's a team of Arab scientists. Okay. okay? So before we sit there, and, and then the reason that I, I, I feel we have to course correct is because just like we were talking about people are just denigrating and, and, and washing the Jews with one, that's the same thing. You're doing the same thing when you say, well, the Arab world hasn't done anything decent in the last 100 years, hasn't invented anything. You haven't bothered to look. I well, mean, just to be fair, look. Then now I'm going to shut my pie hole and go talk to the, the phones. Right. And we've got to take a break. Right. <laughs> we'll come back and pick that up. 710 KNUS on Peter Boyles, back here tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. Fifteenth morning in December, twenty twenty-three. Peter Boyle's in for George Brockler. George will be back Monday. I will turn around and do nine o'clock tomorrow morning here on seven ten K in US. The world turning against Israel, and it's really been a great morning. Some really very very good callers. Uh, so where do we begin at the top? All right, we start with Pete. Uh, I'm sorry, I went to somebody wrong. I apologize. Hey Pete, you're on the air, man. Thank you and good morning. Thank you. I can't. I can hardly hear you. Speak up, please. Sorry, can you hear me? Pete? Yeah, there you go. Good morning, man. Thanks. Sorry, great call. Uh, great subject, as usual. Um, you just had a caller on that asked uh, what we could do to try to bring uh, short-term uh, Middle East peace. Or, um, You know, the problem is is our own foreign policy over the last 20 years. Um, Longer than the biggest that. Mistake, Longer than that. Well, yeah. the biggest mistake we made was going after Iraq. They were an absolute checks and balances in that sure. region um they have allowed with the disintegration of of iraqi as a regional power there they've allowed iran to step into that void if saddam were alive and, if saddam if george bush and dick cheney had not lied so badly to the american people none of this would be going on saddam was there I, your, your point's well taken I, I agree the other the other uh thing that we I think it failed to do um, at least uh, not the hugest fan of Trump, but Trump at least became energy independent and we're, oh, yeah. we're no longer viable. Um, I think that was a brilliant strategic move on his part. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, if, if, if we and the West, especially Europe, were able to become energy independent from the Middle East, those people would be at each other's throats and Israel would be an afterthought. That's my Here, opinion. When one of the things that Trump did that I thought was also brilliant is he had a, um, a plan for, for Gaza and, and uh, it has beautiful beaches. I mean, I, I got one, one trip and that's it. But, you know, you get full value. And Donald Trump had this proposed plan to build um, res resort hotels <laughs> and, and uh, to, to build them right along the oceanfront in, in Gaza. And as some wise man once said, the Palestinians never miss an opportunity to miss an opportunity. And, and they rejected the Trump hotel deal, which I thought it would be, it would employ people, it would, because their unemployment in Gaza is staggering. 
Oh, yeah. But the, the Palestinians, Pete, are just a they're, – they're a ploy. They're used by the Iranians. Yeah. They've been used by these countries for, sure. for 30 years. More. It doesn't matter. Uh, they don't want peace over there. Well, because again, the, the Palestinians are literally being used. They can't see it. You can't wake people up for whatever reason. Um, and, and that's the problem. I, I really believe that the Israelis would love to have peace. They have offered this two state solution mm-hmm. for years now. And the answer is, is no, we're going to wipe you off. The well, here, the if you back it out, um, the Palestinians have been pawns, like in a chessboard. And and now you get to the point where, the, you know, they, they're backed up now to the to the Egyptian border. Egyptians don't want them. Jordanians don't want them. It isn't that you don't want this individual. It's what comes with it. And I mentioned earlier, read the history of the invasion of Lebanon. All of that was predicated on um, Arafat and, and the PLO. And now I'm reading things uh, this morning that on West Bank, they, they want to get rid of Mahmoud Abbas. And because he's not, he's not radicalized enough and that he's a propped-up Western puppet. Now, I, I'm, you know, I'm not the smartest smart guy. I'm certainly not even the smartest guy in this conversation this morning, but tell me how you, how you work your way out of that. Well, we, we missed a golden opportunity, too, with uh, some of the uprisings in Iran oh. not to support. Um, and that, that directly falls on the Obama administration. Yeah, Poppy, and it falls about the yeah, Biden but, administration. But Poppy, Poppy Bush tells the Kurds to rise. And when they do, Saddam does what the British did, gases them, you know, horrible things that he does to Kurds. British did the same thing. Um, history, but I think the Kurds are a, are a different story here because— It was a point just, just I don't think the Kurds are used as, as the Palestinians no. are. In fact, Kurds are fierce fighters, uh, been around Kurds and helped fundraise for Kurds. Um, you know, there is, no, there is no such place as Kurdistan. It's just— it's it's a it's in many ways it's like Palestine or something. Well, but, it's an ethnic group yes, that is. is surrounded by extreme. Oh. The Turks don't like the the Kurds. The Iraqis don't oh. like the Kurds. Everybody's trying to kill them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and they can't. Um, well, they're the Muslim. They're the Muslim version of uh, the Israelis. Is what they are in some ways, but I mean, historically, uh, Arabs and Kurds do not get along. And, again, both Muslims, both there where they are, but um, Kurds are who they are, and they're, they're tough. That's one of the things about them. They're extremely tough as, as people. And, um, no, your, your, your questions or your statements are really relative. But, so, final question, how do you get out of it? I don't think you can get out of it. No. I, I, well, I, here's what I, I think. You need someone who understands not your Nikki Haley's, not your Warhawks. Oh, yeah, yeah. uh, you, you need someone to step back. I think, I think step back and you have to support Israel, but you have to be very tactical about doing it. What? The other thing you have to do is you, ha- you cannot fund these people in a way that they're funding their own war against I, Israel in the West. And that's what we've me, done for years. Here's one. Do you have any empathy whatsoever for Palestinian people? Absolutely, I do. But I also think that they're very ignorant and that they've helped create their own misery by continuing 
to allow the people that they've elected to because listen. The people, they're very much like a lot of Democratic voters <laughs> in my book. There we go. And I'm not. Yeah. Well, here, here's the problem is we've had nothing but Democratic run cities in this country for the last 30 years. And these cities are going to hell in a handbasket. They refuse to look at. They refuse to look at why, and why? Because they're run by Democrats, and these social policies that are implemented by these Democrats remember, are are proven failures, and they continue to vote. So when you're, when you're, how do you do that? The no, Palestinians are the same. No, but but uh, two things. You're, you're, they're, I don't. I don't. Well, they're lined up. Um, the Democrats, when they win, and they didn't steal anything. When they win, it's because they're saying to somebody what they want. When other when you see a city like Denver that has this when you thought when you just thought there couldn't be anybody worse than Michael Hancock, we just got him. And so uh, and but it's principally because of voters who are Democrats. Back to your thing on the Palestinians and I got a pause. Um there's been all kinds of um, polling data done and on the West Bank the wartime opinion amongst Palestinians that came out Wednesday, there's a huge support for Hamas. And they actually, they, they see Mahmoud Abbas, and 90% of Palestinians say Mahmoud Abbas should resign. And so when you go into a warlike moment, and you got to understand them. I'm not, you know, you don't have to defend them, but you sure as hell better understand them. I really enjoyed your call, Pete. Really. Well, I, I think they're a lot like the Japanese in World War II. They're not gonna. They're not gonna wake up until they realize that they've destroyed their well, own. But that's that was true in Germany. That was. I mean, they get on the list of places. It's sure. not. It's not what you think it is. And but what was Mike Tyson's great line about everybody thinks something till they get punched in the nose? <laughs> yeah. You take care, man. Good, brother. Thank take you. Care. All right, everybody. Seven ten. Kane, U.S. Denver's talk station. I'm Peter Boyle's back here tomorrow morning at nine a.m. Billy Thorpe's got the con. Billy, let's pull the pen. Good morning, everyone. Peter Boyle's on the air for George Brockler. I get to come back here tomorrow morning at 9 and do it again. This topic is red hot. Really smart callers. 52 will be the high 60, that thing on Sunday looks great. We're talking about the war, and we're talking about Israelis and Palestinians. And we go to Frank. Hey, Frank, you waited. Appreciate it. Good morning. Hey, thanks, Peter. Appreciate your show. I love it when you talk history. Thank you. Um, the, uh, you know, th- this thing's been going on. This Muslim um, hate, Jew hate, Christian hate's been going on for centuries. My question for you is, what's your opinion on why October 7th happened now? I, yeah, I think in some ways it was it was a horrible example of the Tet Offensive of February 1968 in Vietnam. Um, they they went and they, you know the the Americans won Tet Offensive, but at what price? And later, when you read Gap, they knew exactly what that was, and that was the Sunday Punch. It was. They were going to lose. They knew they were going to lose, but they wanted to bring attention. On the other hand, people have seen like Netanyahu. Also, part of the factor is they being backed by uh, by the by the Iranians. The other part of it is the U.S. is bogged down. 
I mean, they, they really live off of us. And so when the chance comes, I personally believe that may, that's maybe the trigger is that they wanted to do as much damage to their enemy as they could. And maybe in some ways, the Israelis served them up what they want, the invasion of Gaza. Um, you know, that's that's as far as I can go with it. What do you got? Well, I'm a little more uh, focused, I think. Um, I think it's basically the total in, incompetence of our leadership, current leadership. I mentioned that. Yeah, and, I said that. Yeah, but it's, I mean, but it's there's, just, there's more than one variable in that. Oh, yeah, there's there always is. Yeah. And uh, but I think I think when, you know, these people are not stupid. No, so they, they look around. They look around and see what see what the lay of the land is, and then they they make their decisions every day like the rest of us do. And they look at they look at our current leadership, and they and they realize, but, um, you know, Joe's, you know, he's completely useless. Well, Joe, you know, Joe has what two or three carrier fleets now, and they're striking. Um, that's but yeah. Bar, Barbara Tuckman's notion of a tripwire war, which World War One was. Um, Joe Biden, listen. Joe Biden, I think most of the day doesn't know he's Joe Biden, and yeah, but he's it, it, that's nothing new. He's no, no, my, my years. no, no. My point is that when you got somebody, the the POTUS or the shot caller, and yeah, and so how quickly could the U.S. get sucked into this, or better yet, get sucked into Ukraine? I mean, you you can no, make you can make a it's scary actually. Fair, fair, thank you, Frank. It's very scary because yeah, very scary. Because the, these, I always said this. We have all, we have all the assets we need to basically take out any of these places we want to but take you, out. But you can't. We don't have the leadership. You don't. Well, you don't. I mean, you don't do that anymore. And the last great moment was Hiroshima or Nagasaki, and then now, the world is a different place. And so when Biden, well, it, you see it Biden, isn't, it isn't though, Peter. Well, I mean, I, I hear here's a different place. Yeah, things change every day. But the truth is that America, yeah. um, we have assets that the, none of the rest of the world has. Period. I, that doesn't mean and you, we can. Use, we could use those ooh, assets to, ooh, to stop would, this. Would you use American place. weaponry? Don't, would you? Excuse me. Would you, you? Would you personally use American weaponry with American pilots or tank drivers against Palestinians? Um, at this. At, as far as what I know right now, there's no need for it. I mean, no, but uh, in, in, you, you were using... Israelis uh, are doing fine. You're saying, but America has would, this I, weaponry. I would stay out of their way. Well, Biden Biden is urging but, caution right now. He's telling the Israel, he's telling Israelis to back back it down. Yeah, he's just another example of Biden idiocy. Yeah. Well, I, and I don't know if it's him or it's his people. Point well taken. Have a good morning, man. Thanks. Everybody, what a great show. Thank you so much. Billy Thorpe, thank you. Now, Lou and I will be back here. Lou Gonzalez and I will be back here tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. And it looks like we got the hitman, Joe Williams, which is always a great hour of talk radio. Have a great day, everybody. Thank you for listening. It's all yours. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
the explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.